Dragon's Universe. Collect them all. Dragonsmegablocks.com Megablocks! Welcome, dear listener, to our podcast. Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Where we journey through each issue of comics that include a member of the most underrated Marvel series from the 80s while drinking beer. Analyzing awesome and amazing adjacent adolescent adventures and absorbing alcohol. I am Jeff. And I am Rick. When you random banter makes no difference who you are, anything your heart desires will Come to you. Random banter time, buddy. Talk to me. Tell me tall tales and tantalizing tidbits of trivia today. Somebody is wishing upon a star or somebody is stuck watching way too many old Disney cartoons or you watch the new Disney Pinocchio movie. I'm not sure what you've done. Neither. This is Disney property music. I don't even know what this is from. (laughs) <laughs> Why would I pick it, though? You have mentioned Pinocchio and some it, other stuff. Well, yeah, it's, it's, uh, he gets to be a real boy now by wishing upon a star. Yeah, we're talking that's about... That's exactly what Ben sounds like, yeah. <laughs> we're talking about, well, you know, when he's not the thing, I'm assuming that's what he sounds like, you know? <laughs> I would love that. He turns into he turns into Ben <laughs> hey, Grimm, Susie. and his voice hey. goes really high. So, hey, you know, Susie Q and Torcho and Stretcho. I, I think what it is is I think that when he turns into the human, the shorts that he was wearing, the unstable molecules zoom down and like you know come to human size but they miss the mark and go a little too tight so you know voice goes up Uh, hence the unstable portion of the molecules unstable unstable Mm, Uh, so yeah we've got that coming up but before then Mm -hmm. you know we'll talk about some random stuff here Current thing watching. Oh, I know what it was. I am finally getting caught up on my Doctor Who. Ooh. Yeah. I am way behind on that. I had a, I stopped at Peter Capaldi and he was a grumpy old man, but also I got busy. So. Yeah. Here's the thing though, is that I stopped just in the beginning of Peter Capaldi and yeah. I, I kind of was like, I'm going to let this build up. But then I got interested in Jodie Whittaker. And so when my mm-hmm. wife and I got back to it recently, we just started with Jodie Whittaker and we're almost finished oh, with okay. her. And now I'm like, I really should go back and get the Peter Capaldi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I halfwayed Peter as well. So, I, I think yeah. I like him. I just, my wife really latched on to Jodie Whittaker, and I think that she's good, and I think there's some really cool stories there, and I've enjoyed. I, I just finished Doctor Who Flux, which, the beginning of that, my wife was like, okay, I am usually grasping as much as I can for Doctor Who. This is losing me. And I'm like, well, <laughs> shh, quiet, because... I'm barely keeping up myself, but I think that story <laughs> comes together very well, and there's a lot there. So yeah, I'll get I'll get back into the fandom at some point. I think I just I had caught up to a point where I was butting against. I don't have content available, yeah. and then I got busy, and then it's like you know, it's modern media. Oh, the trials and travails that we have of having so much to watch at our fingertips. I'll get back to a fandom when I can. We will get one of the last two specials, the most. Recent special is not up yet, and the final episode, it just came out, which means it's not going to show up on HBO Max for a while, and I'm very bummed about that. So, mm. okay, that's that's my kind of geek cred of, you know, where am I at? I'm catching back up on my mm-hmm. Doctor Who. Got to get, get all in on the Whoiverse. 
Well, for my geek cred stuff, I wrapped up Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Really liked it. Yep. Enjoyed that quite a little bit. I can understand how some people might bounce off oh, or sure. get a little bit lost, but I was a fan. I also like picking up on some uh, little Easter egg things where I'm like, there was a part where I'm watching and I'm like, huh, I'm going to pause this right now and I'm going to get my phone out and I'm going to put it on the lens mode and I'm going to go search online for this QR code. And yes, it does take me to Marvel Unlimited for a uh, free Moon Knight comic book. Nice. Excellent. Nice. Very nice. When he was in the storage unit portion, all the doors had a QR code on them and it flashed by, but some were pretty prominently displayed. And I'm like, yeah, I think I just want to take a pause and check that. Boom. Free comic. There we go. So I finished that up. Really like that. Had started and now finished uh, Miss Marvel. And is it not the I greatest? I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I enjoyed it a lot. It, it's different than yet faithful to the source material. Yes. Which is neat. I thought they did a good take on that. It's very interesting. I enjoyed it. I also like the fact that when the end credits start, it's showing stuff. And oh, there's a trust a bro moving truck. Yep. Which yep. always makes me laugh because there's your tie into to Hawkeye. So yeah. Yeah, there's nice little Easter eggs in there, too. I loved the changes they did because, let's face it, nobody wants to dig through the complexity of the Inhumans. There's just yeah, no need for it. Gas. And yeah, if you just take and... everything else that you could possibly do to make Miss Marvel a viable character, great. Let's mm-hmm. do it. That's going to work perfectly. Yep. So, yeah, I dug it. I thought it was neat. I enjoyed it. I like seeing not a white guy superhero. I think that's <laughs> yeah. pretty great. Let's just say that. I like, again, we cover Power Pack pretty hard. So I really like the fact of having some youth culture yep. in there, having some young people. I like all the her kind of flights of fancy and all just the, hey, because she's very artistic and kind of just like lets her mind wander and daydream, you can bring in stuff and just, oh, yeah, she's moving around the city and there's paintings kind of moving in the background. And there's all the just different stuff. It's like, that's cool. That's really awesome. I enjoyed that. And hey, let's see. This is a nice test concept for a kid's show, a la Power yeah. Pack. You know what? Yeah. It's okay. Bring the kids' age up just a little bit. Let's put them up just a little bit older so we can get this kind of going into teen angst kind of area. It'd be mm-hmm. fine. You can do it. Get the good kids to do it. There are good kid actors out there. We know that. Let's make it happen, yep. folks. I'd like to see it. Obviously. We've talked about it for four odd years now. <laughs> uh, something like 120 episodes or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Something about that, that we might have mentioned it. We might have a tell, we, and it is, we is might. us saying it out loud we might. and recording it. <laughs> All right. Let's move on past things that we talk about like this and get into the meat of the episode. Let's talk about some Fantastic Four. Let's mention a Power Pack member. But Jeff, tell us how we got here. Tell us what happened Last episode. Uncle Johnny takes Franklin and Leech out to the opening of Arcade's new toy store that features toys made by the Impossible Man, and then have to swat Arcade down when he had to scratch his murder itch. Meanwhile, back home, Reed's new Future Foundation think tank has isolated a formula which they believe will allow the thing to regain his normal human form for one week a year. Now that the Arcade was a really, really good boy and played well with others until he really, really had to scratch his murder itch, two-sentence replay is over. Why don't you give me a beer and tell us what our Power Pack pick is? My pleasure, my friend. Uh, hey, Rick. Why are you wearing that poker visor? Well, because I'm dealing you out some cards here, man. Now, I'm going to deal the cards, and I want you to take a look at your lovely beer that I gave you, and and then I'll finish this little bit that I'm doing here, because I'm dealing out the cards, and we're going to play a little poker. But let me tell you something, man. Let me tell you what's wild. Joker's wild. 
I'm gonna guess the beer name right now. I haven't opened it yet. I'm gonna guess it's a, a poker-based... I'm gonna guess it's a skeleton dealing cards holding a Joker card. But let's find out. But I bet the beer's named Joker's Wild. It is... Oh, man, I was super wrong. It is Deuces Wild by... I've fallen for this before. Pono Brewing. It's a hazy IPA. And it is... Interesting. That's almost a... Yeah, is that, that's uh, Portland. Okay, yeah, that's Mount Hood, and that's Portland. But it has like a Vegas theme going on. Yeah, like with a Welcome it, to Vegas the, kind of sign, yeah. Yeah, so it's a Welcome to Vegas, but it, that's Portland. So I'm going to assume that Pono, again, is a Portland brewing company. We'll find out. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's a colorful kind of rainbow kind of sunset yeah. skyline on that. That's really neat looking. I like it. One pint, 3.2 fluid ounces of hops. It is 5.7 ABV, 54 IBU, made with not one, but Two experimental hops, HBC 1019 and HBC 630. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> but Jeff, why? <laughs> why would I bring you something called Deuces Wild? Why would we name this Deuces Wild? Or why would you pick a Deuces Wild? Well, I know there is a floating superhero poker game that goes on here. But I could read deeper into it. Deuces Wild. It's Johnny and Ben moving around and doing stuff. But also, yeah, they're having a wild mm-hmm. night out on the town. But also, there's the duality of man. Or in this case, the duality of the thing. Where in one instance, he is a face of rock. And in a second, he is a fleshy mammal man. Made out of a bag of meat person. He's a lot of things. There's a lot of things I could do with Deuces Wild. And it seemed very appropriate. I was going for something that was poker themed. Because I thought that'd be an easy get with this. Because we have one yep. scene where we kind of revisit the lovely Marvel Comics floating poker game. Ah, that's going to be easy beer I can find. No, it was not. But then I found Deuces <laughs> Wild. I was like, perfect, my poker theme. And the more I thought about it, hey, Deuces Wild. We got two boys out in the town for a wild night out in the town. You betcha. I like it. Yeah, it's good. I'm enjoying. This is neat. Uh, it smells really sweet. You open that can up mm-hmm. and it has a very bubblegum smell. Yeah. It had a very bubblegum bubble flavors floating in the air. And I'm like, ooh, that smells really sweet. And then it has a... A little hazy. Yeah, it's a not crazy hazy, but it is a little bit of a hazy IPA. It has generic beer color to it. So a nice nice amber color. Mm-hmm. I poured with a little too much foam, so I'll go to the can. How's this taste? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, it's got a lot of hops. It's got a lot of hops. It's got a lot of hops. Not unpleasantly. No. It definitely has the hop taste for me, but it's not bad. It's still got some good flavor in there. It's not piney. It's more fruity flavor mm-hmm. in there. Definitely a little bit sweeter. Yeah. But it's got a lot hmm. of hops. A lot of hops. There are hops. Ooh, that burps really hoppy. <laughs> that has an IPA burp to it. The flavor, as Rick said, going down is a little bit sweeter with, with hops and a little bit of dank. But woof. Yeah, that burp. <laughs> that burps some IPA hoppiness. That's where that flavor profile goes. It goes into your tummy and then comes back up as IPA. So I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move on past your burps because nobody really wants to hear about your burps. I'm gonna say Impossible. that this is a, a nice. It'll be a nice beer. Not what we enjoy, but it's what we tend to drink because that's what I pick. That's what you get. I tell you, if, if I could find a Deuces Wild. Porter, I'd be happy, but I'm not finding that. I'm finding a Deuces Wild Hazy IPA, so that's what we got. It's okay. I'm liking the fact that uh, for as timid as I am as a human being, getting out of my comfort zone of drinking different beers is quite pleasant. So, Yeah, but also, the beers that you get and drink are ones that I buy for you on a regular basis. Yep. Getting out of my comfort zone. I have no control over it. I tell you, I lost this somehow, and I'm not sure how I'm ever going to win it back. 
<laughs> well, I possibly know. We could move on to the credits. Okay. You want to do that? I think we should do it, but we can only do it if you can put down your beer for a second and read those opening credits. I'll stop drinking to tell the fans that... This is Fantastic Four, issue number 584, December 2010. Congratulations, Mr. Grimm, you're handsome again. Writer, Jonathan Hickman. Artist, Steve Epting. Letterer, Russ Wooten. Colorist, Paul Mounts. Editor, Tom Brevoort. Editor-in-Chief, Joe Casada. Featuring the Fantastic Four, Mr. Fantastic, the Invisible Woman, the Human Torch, the Thing, a few other people here and there. Plus, we also have the Future Foundation, Alex Power, Valeria Richards, 32, Artie Maddox, Dragon Man, Tong, Turg, Kor, Mick, Vil, Wu, and Franklin Richards. Ben Grimm has had better days. I mean, dude actually says those words on the first panel. And from the looks of it, I would agree. Just because our favorite man of rocks is now sporting an oversized cranium that looks like his brain has super duper swelled. Uh, well, gosh, yeah, that kind of sucks. This was compliments of the events of the former issue where he got hit by radiation from the high evolutionary's machine. But before the Ben can really get down in the dumps, the effect wears off and he looks like himself again. And by that, we mean orange and rocky, not fleshy and human. Well, glass half full and all. A little bit later, he joins Johnny and most of the Future Foundation having breakfast. But the thing ain't looking for a bowl of Wampops. Even though we all know a good day only begins with insane amounts of sugar and the promise of nutrition. Ben needs some help, and since Reed and the kids are seeing Susan off as she leaves on a mission, Ben is stuck with Johnny. Speaking of the Richards family, Sue is giving her kids the obligatory hug, promise, and threat that all parents do before they leave on a trip. Be good, or I am not bringing you back some cheap, tacky thing I grabbed on my way out of town. I have not had the opportunity to do that yet. Is it really effective? Hey, if my daughter complains, I will take back her blinking Las Vegas sunglasses. It appears that Sue is heading out to handle some sort of harmless meeting between royalty. That sounds perfectly horrifying. Their lives are not like ours. As the clock on the pages of this book show us, time moves forward by a half an hour, and we are back with Johnny and Ben. Now... Remember the project the Future Foundation was working on? The Suppress the Orange Juice? Sure. That was the project I called, Hey Reed, a bunch of kids are smarter than you. That would be the one. Well, Ben has decided that it is time to take a shot and be human for a minute. And why, for all that is holy, is Johnny there? To make jokes and to be the one to call for Reed when things go horribly wrong. Ah, the job of all best friends around the world. Everybody needs someone there to hit record when you say the magic words, Hey, hold my beer. Ben does not hem, nor does he haw much before taking a swig. And the effects don't take long to kick in. It takes less than a minute before all the rocky junk just flakes off, leaving a Ben Grimm standing there. In the flesh. With pants. I cannot emphasize this enough. Those unstable molecules mean he is wearing pants. We should also point out that Johnny really gives Ben a scare before he looks in the mirror by pretending the potion made him look worse. But Johnny also points out to him that he is human looking now and that he should not be angry or mopey. He should focus on the happy. That's right. Pick the right dwarf for the moment. Johnny knows that this is Ben's deepest desire to be like everyone else and... Johnny knows that if he does not keep pushing Ben, this opportunity will be wasted. And Ben, surprisingly enough, agrees that a night on the town sounds good. So let's cue the Ferris Bueller's Day Off music and see what kind of day it has been. First, just walking down a New York street with no one looking at him. Next, 
watching the Giants versus the Eagles in the stands with no one glancing at him. Followed by a nice dinner where Ben and Johnny are joined by some old friends, Jack Kirby and Stan Lee, with no one watching him. And followed by... Wait, what? The line is, finally, an evening's playing some blind man's bluff poker with Nick Fury, Wolverine, Captain America, Spider-Man, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Hawkeye. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, go back to that dinner with Jack and Stan, though. Yeah, amazing that they got such a good table at that time. Must have used the celebrity card. <sighs> Comics are weird, man. Weird. But now we have Johnny and Ben. They're walking home. It has been a good day. They had fun, friends, and food. And they did it as themselves. Nothing can spoil this evening. You fool of a took! Why would you do that? Why would you lay down a jinx like that? Now something bad is going to happen. What could possibly happen to these two guys walking down a dark New York street at night looking for their car? Well, for one, it is a Ben Grimm story. And for two, this is the Yancey Street Gang's turf. Wait, this is the gang of street toughs who have been harassing Ben for years, right? And, oh, now he's just a normal human guy. Yeah, big human guy in pretty good shape, hanging with a guy who can turn to fire, so maybe we shouldn't worry? True, but there is something else. Um, why is this quote-unquote gang dressed in business suits and laying down some sick lines about finances? Well, as Mr. Grimm tells it, recession hit hard. And the gang is now made up of failed hedge fund managers, dot-comers, and the general riffraff from Wall Street. They want to take your money and invest it in some real shady real estate deals. But Ben knows what he has missed tonight. A good old-fashioned Donnybrook, with his human fists. And, with a slightly altered catchphrase, Ben goes a-swingin'. I want my 401k back! Meanwhile on Utopia... Home of the normally fighting X-Men. At this moment in X-Men history, the majority of mutants are living on an island that used to belong to an enemy, as opposed to them living on an island that used to be an enemy. Semantics matter. Sue has landed on the island and is greeted by Cyclops and Emma Frost. After some small chit-chat and an icy stare between the two women, Sue is directed towards the royal caravan awaiting her, led by Namor, the abs of Abslantis. Namor is a self-centered egotistical show-off who cares for no one but himself. But he does not mind waiting for Sue Richards, because only he has the power to carry a torch for her underwater for these many, many years. And we get a little more info on her mission. Something about a union between old and new Atlanteans. Well, that should go swimmingly. Ugh. I see what you did there. What you always do there. Okay. Anyway, let's check out this street fight that Ben and Johnny are in. <laughs> what fight? It's over, man! Ben don't need to be the thing to lay out these fools. Sure, Ben may have broken a tooth, but he's still standing. And now Johnny has one more stop to take his best buddy on. On the way, Johnny asks about the rock pile in the room. Now that Ben has the taste of a good life, will a week of being human be enough? Sure, it has to be. If this is what he gets, he is not going to take it for granite anymore. <sighs> just constantly you with those... And with that, Johnny drops Ben off at an apartment building where Alicia Master lives. Ben slowly rings the bell, and he is greeted by his blind friend. And as she touches his face, she realizes that it's not made of cobblestones. <laughs> Way to take a touching, lovely scene and punch below the belt on it. Hey, just trying to keep it light and classy over here. Half right. 
Okay, let's leave that scene and check in on our favorite rubber band. Reed is using a super telescope on the roof of their headquarters to record some anomalies in space. He asks Herbie to mark one area as potentially shorts filling and calls it the fault. And then he is interrupted by the Silver Surfer. The Silver Surfer is the cosmic entity that acts as the emissary for Galactus. You know, the big purple dude that eats planets. He and Reed are old friends. Well, not today. This is not a, what's the word, social call? This is more like a, hey, did you maybe accidentally kill and bury our family pet type of a call? Awkward. And it's the nature of the visit. You see, the Silver Surfer found the buried, decaying remains of a Galactus from the future with the Fantastic Forest footprints all over it. <laughs> well, uh, oh, uh, you, um, you see, there, uh, there, yeah, there, mm, there is a great explanation, and, uh, it has something, uh, to do with, uh, uh, hey kids, aren't comics just a wacky place? Okay, that's a start, but maybe Reed can take a moment and explain it in a way a five-year-old can understand it. Oh, and also, the current timeline Galactus wants to hear this explanation as well, and he's right over his shoulder. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mr. Galactus, sir. Cliffhanger. Let's talk about the themes of the issue in the Power Pack packaging time. And we've got like a mess of different variants for this one. The main one is done by Alan Davis with the inker of Mark Farmer. And this one is, well, golly. This one is the picture of, <laughs> it's really horrific, Ben Grimm in Morphous away from the thing, and like his human body is coming out of the rocky shell. It looks painful and horrific. It, he's ripping his way out of a rocky, thing-shaped cocoon. Yeah. Yeah. And the next one, the variant A, is by artist David Yarden. And this one is got to be for a Halloween promotion, because it's the thing in a... Looks like he's been buried in a black suit, and he's in a coffin. He's got his hands across his, his chest... Very morbid kind of thing. Interesting. Variant B is by Arthur Adams, and it's the thing front and center with, like, Fantastic Four, and you got the four heads of all the Fantastic Four members on either side of him. He's got his hands up, and it's coming down. It's kind of cool. Variant C, which is the one I've got, is by Artis Epting, and it's part of a larger piece with the other issues before and after this one. I forget what it's supposed to say when you put them all together, but this one is kind of got like an H and you see Reed Richards there. It's got a blue background. And so it's part of a word. I think it's hero hero something. I can't remember. I, I need to look that up. I should have been more prepared, but I'm not because I'm horrible. And variant D is by John Byrne. And it's, it's also part of a bigger picture. And this one's got Johnny storm all lit up in fire. And I think that's something like final four. This is leading up to a, the finality thing. This is, we've got a countdown going on and, we're moving to that countdown. We're going to be losing a member of the Fantastic Four. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, Could no. Be. I would like to go back to Variant C just real quick. Sure because thing. you were saying how it's part of a greater whole yep. and it would spell some stuff. Right now, it just says, hi, Sue. Yeah, it kind of does. It's H, <laughs> and then there's something else which could be cut off as Looks an, like an I, I and an S and U below it. So, yep. yeah. It's just, it's just Reed saying hi to Sue. Just saying hi to his wifey. Hi, Sue. <laughs> which of these covers do you like the most you know honestly i like the main cover i like the one of ben Grimm tearing his way out of the thing suit it, it's powerful it looks neat and it really kind of tells you what this issue is about aha and while you were doing that i managed to look it up and all of the books uh leading up to it and it is fantastic for 
583, 584, 586, or 585 and 586, those ones put, go together and says three causality. So yeah, this is the he and the s of the three in causality. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know what it's about, but okay. <laughs> This is all leading up to the final, and this is, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with you. I think I like the Alan Davis cover the best myself. It is violent. It is horrific. It's kind of what starts off this book, even though it doesn't look to be as painful as that. And really, we get a wonderful day. I mean, that's really what we get there. I, I don't think any of the other ones, maybe the variant B by Art Adams might be close to that with just the thing being there. But no, I do like that first cover. That, that's very evocative and very interesting i like variant a i think it's neat but it's it's a halloween tease yeah the thing is dead long live the thing <laughs> the thing is awesome i like seeing him drawn in anything so him him filling the cover on variant b is awesome it's a good high sue with a read that's neat in variant c but yeah and then the next one is just a picture of some of the stretchiness guy and uh fireman just front and center so it those are just featuring single characters but i do really like the way that the the main cover looked yeah yeah i do too okay Let's talk about the book itself here, The Life and Times of Mr. Ben Grimm. We have seen in the past, or maybe we haven't, but the reading audience, people who follow Fantastic Four, there have been times when Ben has been gifted with being human. He's mm -hmm. lost his power. He's become human. There's something a little different probably about this where there's the promise that this is the beginning of something that he can revisit once a year with all the other wackiness that goes on with their life. There might be some consistency with him being able to become human again for short periods of time. Hooray. I would also see it as his power on mode would kind of be like his turning into a human, but he'd been in rock mode. And so it's like stunted his ability to turn into a human on stuff. So this going, oh, we can only do it for a week at a time. I kind of see it as, well, what if this is like a progressive thing, like an allergen where you could be like, well, you can only do it for a week at a time. Well, now it's eight days at a time. Well, now it's two weeks at a time, you know, where it might be progressing upward, but like soothe them out, which I think would be really cool. Yeah. You said you like Ben Grimm. What are the things that you like about Ben Grimm? I like, uh, I know that he, you know, he was an astronaut and a pilot and everything. I've always liked just how down to earth he is. For all the amazing things that he's done, he's not had the easiest of lives. A lot of things in his life have been a challenge and he's overcome those. So I like that personal adversity thing that he's gone through. He's about as down to earth as you can possibly get. You might see, oh, the fantastical adventures of the Fantastic Four and the rock man and he's inscrutable and everything. No, he is so down to earth. He's like, you know what I like? I like eating some hamburgers and some hot dogs. I want to watch some good TV. Yeah, I like sports. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm a giant Rocky guy. But you know what? I'd really kind of like to kick back on the couch. You know, he's a very relatable hero. Yeah. Uh, he's somebody who does the fantastical, but he's also somebody that would totally, hey, you want me to help you change your tire? I can do that. I can't fix an engine, but I know how to change a tire. You know, he's that kind of a guy. He would just, hey, we're having a barbecue. Yeah, Spider-Man's going to be there and stuff, but so's the mailman. You know, it's just somebody that you see him, he can interact with everybody from people that live on Nancy Street or Yancey Street to uh, Silver Surf. So I like just how down to earth he is and how human he is. For the least human looking member of the Fantastic Four, he is the most human. He's the most relatable. Yeah, I could go with that. I think that I do like Ben Graham a lot. I, I think he, at times he's a very simple character yeah. and that might be some of the pieces I like about him. Johnny, of course, is the hothead. Sue is perfect and everything, but she tends to, there tends to be a lot right there with Sue. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Reed, we, we sing Reed's praises all the time. Yeah. That was sarcasm. <laughs> I do like Ben. I think that Ben is easily the interesting part of the group. He is the one that does have fun with most people. You see that he has got a special relationship with 
all of the other key members of the superhero community. I mean, he's got his own relationship with Wolverine, Captain America, Spider-Man. Well, I think Johnny might have a closer relationship with Spider-Man, but he's he's got a really interesting in with all those people. Mm-hmm. He's kind of the man's man, if you will. A soft masculinity. He's comfortable in his skin. He knows who he is. And yet he is not, which is the entire reason about him not being comfortably being the thing. He's exactly. good at being the thing. He hates being the thing. It's a mm-hmm. weird dichotomy, dichotomy there. Like, of the members of the Fantastic Four, I would get tired of knowing Johnny real quick, I think. Oh, it would be exhausting. It would be exhausting. It would just be like, I don't want to, dude. It's just, I do not get... When you have friends, you want to spend time with people that give you... When you leave, you can spend a long time with them, and you leave with more energy than what you had. You might be like, oh, man, it's been a long day, but you, you feel charged from it. You feel good. I think Johnny would just be taxing. And yet... And yet, he could be a lot of fun, but I could also see him being very taxing. Sue would probably be great to hang out with. She would just, she seems like she's somebody that you could relate to. Read, forget about it. I don't even know where you'd start having any kind of talks with him about anything or having interests. It just wouldn't happen. Ben would be the one that you could just be like, hey, you want to play some laser tag? And he'd be like, yeah, I want to play laser tag. Here's the fun thing, though, is Ben and Reed are supposed to be the best friends. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard to see. Very hard to see. Whereas I know that Johnny gets under Ben's skin all the time. That's what he does. He is the perpetual younger brother. But yet, I always see Ben and Johnny having a better time together. They are the better friends. They are the more interesting couple. They are the odd couple a bit, too. It's fun every now and again to see them fight and Johnny get under Ben's skin. But when they have those breakthrough moments, when... Johnny pushes Ben just outside his comfort zone, which causes Johnny to calm down yep. and causes Ben to get out there and do things. It is a much better time. And it's, and it's it really a more is. interesting relationship. They can have the Ferris Bueller's Day Off kind of thing. They can go to the ball game together. They can go and have a nice meal with people. They can go with each other to, to the poker game. And you don't see... You could probably see Sue doing some of those things, but it's it's more interesting with Johnny there. You don't see Reed doing these things. He wouldn't. It's not him. So this is a much more interesting connection. I think that the Reed-Ben relationship is kind of one of those childhood relationships where it's just like, oh, I've been friends with this guy since first grade kind of a thing where you're just like, oh, how do you connect or anything anymore? It's like, well, we've been friends for so long. It's just we're friends and we're we're comfortable with each other. And yeah, we've taken different tracks in our lives, but we're still friends. And Johnny is like that. A friend that you make in like in college. You know, it's like your friend's friend where you're just like, oh, man. Yeah, it's like, oh, I love my buddy here. But, man, yeah, I made a friend through him. And this person, I just absolutely, adore. oh, man, we just hit off. And it's just amazing. And it's so much fun. And it's great. So it's that new friend energy who it was real exciting. And then that comfortable old friend energy. Which part of the day do you like the most? The part of the day that I like the most, just from observing it and just seeing the utter joy on everybody's faces was the poker game. Because it just seemed like, everybody was laughing their heads off and having so much fun. You're looking at Captain America's just head is thrown back and he's roaring in laughter. You've got a happy Wolverine. Ben's laughing his head off. Nick Fury is laughing his head off and smiling. Everybody's just having such a great time. It just looks like such a great time for everybody where you get all these heroes and it's just like the weight of the world is off of us. We are with our friends it is just happiness time. And I love that so much. I love the energy that came off that The only scene. thing that, that I don't like about this picture is that 
they're in their costumes. Yeah. Ben and Johnny aren't. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man, I can always, he tries to keep his his secret and his secret. I would have liked them to be out of the costumes. I want them, the cowls down. That's the one piece of that that I was like, ah. Yeah, but then I think you would have had to done the puzzle of piecing in who was there. But you could have <laughs> had, like, just costumes pushed off to the side or yeah. something. Or, like, you know, Captain America's mask off and he's wearing his thing. Or Yeah. Wolverine, you'd know who he was just because of the... Uh, <laughs> I love Blind Man's Poker. Also, I'm the best there is at what I do. And what I do is stab people. Also, pass the guac. We also have, of course, the Yancey Street Gang. That is a regular fixture. And this time we're doing the twist on it, saying, well, we've got this, you know, recession that's occurring. And so the Yancey Street Gang is pushed aside because they've got these yuppies that have taken over the streets. <laughs> they got gentrified. Gentrification happens sure. all sorts of places. Lots of streets get gentrified. I think it's fun. I think it, it's a nifty little twist on what normally is done here. You at least got the Yancey gang. You got the Yancey street gang and they're want to throw down with Ben. And once again, Ben owns them because that's what he does. <laughs> it can be a good one-off joke as well. It can just be like, oh, they got pushed in out by this. And then Ben just smacked him and then they get pushed out again. It's, it, it was some fun fluff. Yeah. It was some very fun fluff. A couple more things that are going on here, and that's laying out different little plot points for the future. The two things that are kind of upcoming events, we've got Sue going off to Atlantis, and we've got Galactus coming down and saying, what's going on here? <laughs> so... Yeah, I couldn't help but notice my corpse there. What's what's that about? <laughs> that's interesting. This goes back to a storyline that we're going to kind of catch up with, with a bunch of people from the future wanting to escape. They trapped and killed Galactus and used his energy to make a portal to come all of the future people from Earth to come to Earth. Reed and them got them settled on another planet across the galaxy called New World. We're going to get back to that. Ooh, so, that's where New World came from. Okay. Yeah, so that's where New World comes from. And Galactus is like, well, what's going on? And we'll talk more about this next issue because Galactus is pressing Reed for some information. He wants to know what's going on. And he's a, he's a not a happy Lucy. Um, <laughs> and then we also have a little bit of the X-Men that show up, which is always neat. But the only reason that they're there is because in San Francisco, Namor is tangentially associated with him right now. This is during the period of time when he was heavily relating as a mutant and therefore was kind of part of them. But this is going into the old Atlanteans that were discovered. They have made Susan their emissary. And now Namor wants to have a conversation with the old Atlanteans. So we have a lot of intrigue that's going on there. She, she's been called to Namor to try to set up a meeting with these people. And they're trying to come up with how this meeting is going to occur. So, palace intrigue going there. Mm-hmm. We also have Reed looking in the night sky and saying, hey, there's something weird going on out there. Let's put a pin in it and come back to it. Let's see if it gets worse. Narrator voice, it gets worse. <laughs> Ron Howard voice, it gets worse. <laughs> Morgan Freeman voice. It was at this point that Reed realized that there was a problem in space, and he was right. So I have a question. Where's Alex Power in all of this? Because we only cover issues that have an appearance of one of the Power Kids. Where is he at? 
That's a very good question. I got an answer to it. Yeah, I do too. He's making breakfast. Yes, he's making breakfast when uh, the Ben comes into the kitchen to uh, find the reed who is not available. Yeah, so Alex is in the background holding a big spoon and a container over a bowl, and uh, he's underneath Dragon Man's wing. Yeah. He's, uh, or, he's, for those in the know, baby. Baby's yeah, wing. He's, he's making something in the kitchen. And because of that, we're covering the issue. Yay! Bah, bah. That's why we're in this. That's right. I know we didn't mention him in the synopsis, so I wanted to bring it up now. That's a good point. Why are we here? Well, Alex is in the book for a hot second. <laughs> <laughs> I had to hunt for him. I found Moldoids faster than I found him. I'm sorry. This is what we're doing. We have covered the Power Pack stuff. And yes, there's more Power Pack stuff in the future we could cover, but let's get up there to those spots. Let's talk about places where Power Pack just kind of shows up. And, and we're going to do that. Because we're doing it chronologically, and this is how time works, and we have to work through some minor tickings of the second hand to get to the uh, meaty hours. If you're really having a hard time with it, you can always pay us money and check out what we're doing over on our Patreon, where we are doing pretty much the same thing, finding minor instances of Power Pack in alternate universes and covering them. This is true, but there's also like 44 episodes of Pure Power Pack. This is true. The alternate versions done by a bunch of really good people, Mark Sumer who we've interviewed, Fred Van Lente, who we've interviewed. Yeah, I'm dropping names now. This is us just plugging our Patreon so people can go over there. That's that's all we're doing now. Please do. It, there's a lot of fun over there. There honestly is. There is. And more stuff. I mean, you've got 45 episodes as of right now that are out there and done. Oh, my goodness. That's stuff to listen to. And that's fun. And that's yeah. good. If you like us, there's more of us. Let's move on to the final thoughts. Let's talk about the gallery of greatness. We've got the brain room, the room with all of the brainiac kids learning stuff. And they have to put up really cool diagrams and pictures. And we're just going to sneak in our pictures of the great or funny art from the book. Jeff, do you have something funny that you want to talk about in this book? I do. My joke backup one is on page 20. And I call it, I'm not a peeping Tom. My name is Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> and this is after Johnny has dropped Ben off to Elysium Master's apartment, and he's just kind of hanging out, uh, leaning on his car, looking in the window, seeing if anything's happening there. And you do see a silhouette of a man and a woman in a tight embrace kissing. Johnny, 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 get mm -hmm. your eyes back in your head. She is not your wife and never was your wife. That was a scroll. Knock it off, Johnny. He realizes his relationship is not with that person and that he is supportive of Ben. He, he took her over to Ben. And it hasn't been for like 30 years or something. So you know, yeah, what we're well, doing yeah. about here. Let's go ahead. And my backup joke one, and, and I had to put this as a joke one because I think it's fun and it makes me laugh. So I went with a joke and I just said poker party. It was a page 10. It was uh, a poker party. I, I had a hard time. There's a lot of good art that's actually in this. And I had to put that in somewhere. So I put it in there. That's what I've got, my backup joke one. It's a fun poker party. It is a super fun poker party. Again, I have looked at that panel many times. I love it. I absolutely love it. It Spider-Man using his webs to, 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 yeah, stick, to stick it, it to his card. mask. Because yeah. they're, they're doing blind man's poker where you put a card on your forehead and then you're trying to play your hand either that way or however poker works. Because Spider-Man's wearing a full mask, so he's like, it won't stick to the mask. So thwip, thwip. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I did not pick that one as my top joke, however. What I did was pick the full panel page number three on Marvel Unlimited, and I call it Unhappy Mouseketeer. 
Yeah, I called that one Days Like This. So you're talking about Big Head Ben, right? You're talking about Big Head <laughs> Big, Ben. Yes, Big Head Ben is right at the beginning. And his voice is more gravelly because he's evolved and everything. And he's just like, I've had better days. What it is showing is normally on people, you would see it as the big Star Trek alien with the advanced brain. So now they've got big brain powers. I have no idea if Ben got any big brain powers. However, he does have two big rocky lumps on his head that look like Mickey Mouse ears. Yeah. And he does not look happy about it. So no. he's, an, he's an unhappy musketeer. He finds him himself ugly he finds himself uglier now he is not a happy man and he is also hitting his head on every single doorway he walks through so even more so than he was before yep it was just on that it was really interesting to see him going why haven't i changed back reed said the radiation would have worn off an hour ago why haven't i changed so he wanted to take this potion he didn't want to burn any of his time with a big old brain he didn't want to have big head things i actually kind of read it a little bit the different way i thought that it was the fact that he went through this and was looking with a big head and and he was just like you know what i need a break i don't Mm. need this i don't need the rocky i want to do it now i just want to be done with it that's also (laughs) what i was thinking about too i like that i see that that's pretty cool i like that too my backup good art is the last page of this and i call it galactus stands because it is galactus showing up outside the building and he is just there yeah and galactus looks cool so yeah. it is a splash page on marvel unlimited 24 and i know that because it's my first place pick and i call it galactus will see you now <laughs> galactus stands yes it yep, is yep. galactus stand galactus will see you now it is fantastic that is a good bit of art my backup one is on page seven and it is after the grim had dr- or the ben had drank his magic potion of reversion and i call it changes because <laughs> it's him changing from rock to man and it just looks neat it's it's cool to see him just going and all the rock sloughing off or floating off or however it's leaving him that was neat flaking off is a good term for it it's it's not coming down in chunks it's just kind of he's got some bad acne going on right there <laughs> it is leaving the body he is getting raptured at least yes. his rock seems to be because it it doesn't seem like it's falling down it seems like it's lifting up so if you turn your hymnal to page 15 and we have mm-hmm. On Utopia, which is the X-Men's island, mm-hmm. we have the Royal Guard, that it, mm-hmm. the Royal Caravan that has shown up to take Susan to it's the a good one. the Sea. It's a good one. And we have the abs of Atlantis right there. It is Namor in all of his eight-pack, or no, I guess it's a six-pack glory. It's 24-pack glory. <laughs> it's pretty much. It's just yeah. rippling. His case of glory. Just that piercing eyes and his couple of other guards back there it's just a good picture it is good good. they all look really good yeah it looked that was a really good one that was that was on my list there is several really good pieces of art in this one all right that takes us to the rubber and glue moment what was the best or most childish insult in this book and you know with between ben and johnny We've got a couple here. We've got a couple here. Yeah, not here. to give spoilers, but my notes say Johnny Ben on all of them. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my backup one, I, I, we might have the same ones here. I don't know. But my backup one is Johnny saying, so you're not going to start crying or anything, are you? Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's not mine, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a good one there because it's just, you're human here. You know, look in the mirror. And Ben's taking a moment to really take a look at himself. And Johnny's like, uh, so you're not going to start crying again, are you? <laughs> yeah, Johnny doesn't want to waste any time on emotions. He wants to burn man, time having just, fun. Just cut, just cut to the quick, man. What do you got? Mine is on Marvel Unlimited page 12 when they get approached by the Yancey Street Gang. And Johnny's all, uh, they're not quite how I remember. 
And the Ben says, Recession, it really hit the blue-collar criminal class hard. Now the gang is made up of failed dot-commers, ex-Wall Street traders, and failed hedge fund managers. These guys are much nastier. <laughs> These guys... <laughs> ex-Wall Street guys are more nasty than actual street gangs. Yep. And I yep. love that. I thought that was a great insult. Yeah, I was actually expecting more insults out of out of that little inter- interaction, but I was kind of disappointed in that. I'm gonna they go- just needed a little punch-up. Yeah, I wanted to go... Back to the beginning, and uh, mm-hmm. my top one is that same opening scene where Ben has just changed, and Johnny's first reaction is, oh no, oh god no, Ben, it's even worse. <laughs> just, that was super cruel of him. That just, was just mean. That was just mean, mean, mean. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine was the page before. Ben's gonna slam potion. He's gonna he's gonna take his shots. He's gonna have his little uh, hair of the dog. And Johnny's all, no, not okay. Are you seriously gonna take some potion cooked up by a bunch of kids? I mean, do you know what I was doing when I was their age? Roughly the same things you're doing now. Eh, fair point. Hope it doesn't kill you. I just like the fact <laughs> Johnny's like, you know what I was doing when I was their age? It's like you're not the same, and yeah. you haven't changed, and. I would trust these kids. I would trust these kids more than I would trust you as a kid or you as an adult. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to take the child potion. Yes, I will. <laughs> okay. We are to Parent of the Year Award, the Reed Richards Award for Good Parenting. Now, this is very open. We've said this is mm-hmm. very, very open. I'm actually going to go with a scene here, and I'm going to say, you know what? We have a good morning. It's actually a normal morning. The kids, mm-hmm. they're all eating their cereal. They're watching Iron Man. It's just a good morning. The kids are just allowed to do what they want to do. Yep. Sue and Reed are doing their thing over there. Johnny and Ben are doing their thing here. Johnny ben, is having like, breakfast with the kids. Yeah, ben, John's, they're, Johnny's having breakfast with the kids. It's just yep. a nice, normal scene. It's like, this is normal. Bravo. Yep. Bravo for a normal It was really good. Scene. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's my parent of the year award right there. Really? Oh, okay. So you're doing it as a good thing where it's just I'm a doing it as a normal- good normal things just something i want to recognize a nice okay. moment i fully fund and support your belief system on that i think that's great here was the thing there wasn't a lot of really for this in the next session the best and the worst the just it's all it's going to be pretty nebulous this was very kind of a hands-off on those things i kind of want to give it to sue because she left this parcel of children in the hands of reed richards <laughs> <laughs> That's a mistake, but I can't because it's Sue and she's doing something to, she's, you know, talk to the kids and everything. I'm still going to, it's the Reed Richard Award. I'm going to just default to Reed. Not that there was any real reason for it, but Reed was not at the breakfast. Reed was not really present at anything. Reed also kind of knows what's going on with the Sue Namor situation. And he obliquely referenced it when he's all like, um, do you, are you sure you don't want backup? Or anything, and and Sue's like, oh, don't worry, I'd, I'll probably be gone a couple of days. Who knows how long this will take? But it shouldn't be too long, and I'll be back in your arms real soon. You know, <laughs> whose arms are you gonna be in during the middle of that? But so Reed was good but in that regard. Said he was just like he obliquely referenced like, stop, don't look at no Namor, no more, no more King of Sea, no more. See, and and here's the thing: I'm gonna give Reed the benefit of the doubt that while everything else was going on, Reed was there how much he was interacting with the kids he was at least at 
the tower if the kids needed something. So I would hope that he would be active at some point with the parenting, but I'm just going to default that Reed wasn't doing any parenting at all. And he probably put it onto Herbie and Dragon Man at this stage. I don't know. Again, this one was a real hard one to do this time because there wasn't really anything going on family wise. Because it was, it was, it was a Ben and Johnny story. We're having fun with the parent of the year and it can be interpreted any way we, we see fit. And that's what I'm going to say is let's just take it and have fun with it. Let's talk about most popular in Shun though. We want to identify the character who is the best and worst in the series. I'm going to tell you my worst. It's Bentley. He is standing there at breakfast time just being a creep while everybody else is eating breakfast. He's just standing against the wall staring at everybody while everybody else is having a nice breakfast morning. And he's just standing there. Oh! What a creep. He is cornering it. What a creepy. Yeah, he is cornering it. Creepy, creepy, creepy boy. So I can see it as he just came out of his like bedroom or something and no, he was no, adjusting he's, his belt. He's, he's just standing there. He's just, just being a creep. There, just being a wallflower creeper. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I get so that. That's, that's fine. Worst. I absolutely I accept that a hundred percent. I'm gonna say that my worst was Johnny. Really? Yeah, he should be shunned because of how he was treating the Ben. Not very cool. Ben has his lifelong dreams of being human again, and when he gets it, uh, Johnny was trying to shut that down. You shouldn't take this potion. It's probably going to kill you. I wouldn't drink a child's drink. All these things. Oh, you transformed. Ha ha, look at your ugly face. All this stuff. So, Johnny, terrible, absolute bottom of the barrel. See, I know you. I already know you. I already know what you're yeah. going to do. I know what you're going to do. You, I know what you're going to do. You're going to break the you game do. again. You've done this before. It's not even yes. surprising me anymore. I've got the best as Johnny because Johnny is the best friend. And it's and my vote for Johnny is not tainted by your sarcastic and cruel attempt at being funny. Okay. So who do you think I picked for you my picked best? Johnny. <laughs> How dare you, sir? How dare you think you know me so well that you are correct in that assumption? I'll dare you i am offended me and my best pick johnny leave this field of battle and scorn you scorn yeah it's johnny johnny was great johnny did a lot of really good things for ben too and set up a really nice day for him and ended his night really well too and i actually take the beginning part sir johnny actually did a good thing he goes wait are you sure you want to do this i think Mm -hmm. that him saying are you sure you want to do this was still him being a friend like Let's think about this for a second. I'm the impetuous one. You're going to do this. I still think that was a good moment for Johnny. And him making fun of Ben, everything everything he did was very much to push Ben out and to do something. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I picked Johnny just because of what he did. Again, yeah. it, this was a real hard one this time because there wasn't a lot of it, the interactions to make good, bad choice kind of thing. I had to pick the tiny things that I did with Johnny, but also... It, it's like I said, it was a hard choice this time, but it's what I picked and that's what I stand by. Otherwise, let's just face facts. If I didn't pick Johnny, I was going to default to Reed and Reed was barely in it. So you, you also yeah. have option of choosing Bentley. <laughs> I could have, but I didn't notice him because he's a creepy wallflower. <laughs> let's I didn't talk see about him lurking in the corner. Let's talk about top grades. We want to no, evaluate. Let's go back to talk about Alex Power. I hate him because he was only in it for a panel and he was, I don't even know what he was doing. He had a bowl and like a colander and he it was stuff and it was weird. We want to evaluate each issue against the rest <laughs> of the series. So, number one, still, and, and it's not series, this is all the minor appearances of Power Pack and this fits in his minor appearance. We have the first one is, of course, Uncanny X-Men, Volume 1, number 205, Wounded Wolf. Going down to spot number 10, we've got Marvel Special from 2007, The Loner's Secret Santa. Going down to spot number 16, Darkhawk, War of Kings, Darkhawk number 1, Darkhawk Crystal acts up and it ruins Chris's life. Horrible. And then we, of course, have our bottom pick, which is The Loner's number 3, 
What Lies Beneath, Julie's in the Hospital. This is not going that low. I want to say this is no. up there a bit. This is a very is. good, solid little story. Slice of life, if you will. Mm. Let's see. Hmm. Let's see other Fantastic Fours. Okay, let's just hit Franklin's birthday, Days of Future Franklin. That's okay. slot nine. What do we think about that? Is this better or worse than that? I think that this is better. It is way better. It is way better than that. I'm just looking at Fantastic Four entries at this point. So it is better than that. Yeah, above that one, we've got Fantastic Four 579, the Future Foundation, the founding of the Future Foundation. And that one, that one's got a lot of things that they're setting up. I still think that this is better. This is a more complete story. This has got a lot of setup from what's before. It does some setup for what comes afterwards. But it's a nice, sweet little story. This has a lot in common with right above that spot number four. Loners number two, reflex actions. This is where Johnny goes solo. I think there's a lot that's parallels to this. There are, yeah. Different vibe, because that one was a little more moody, noir, sad. And this was a little more uh, happy joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, and then above that one, we have the Runaways volume number two, volume two, number five. That's the double twist where the kids defeat Doom and find Ultron. That was a really good issue. I actually think this would be a good number four. I think it goes between those two. I, I think that there's a lot more meat on the Runaways one. This is very light, very simple of what it is, but it tells a good story. I think that it should be the new number four. That's my guess on it. I'm good with that. I'm not going to fight you on that one. That is a great spot for him. As much as I loved Ricochet doing his, uh, having his reflux. Mm -hmm. I appreciate this one quite a little bit. It was a good issue. Yes, yes, yes. All right. Number four. Let's talk about our final thoughts on this beer. What do you think of it? This is our Deuces Wild by Pono Brewing. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I've been drinking it down. I keep on taking hits off of this and filling it from my can and taking a hit off of it and filling it from the can. And my can's now empty and I've only got about two inches of beverage left. I've been enjoying this quite a little bit. Yeah. Is it the best thing in the world? No. no. Am I enjoying it quite a little bit? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to give it a strong four. The flavor profile hasn't changed. It still burps quite IPA, but it is pleasant all around. Today was a little bit of a warmer day, but still, hey, we're in fall. It's going to be what it is, but we're still having some nice... I mean, I'm in shorts. I got back out of the jeans and back in the shorts. This is a great warm weather day beer. Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm a little one, just a little down on it from you. I think I'm going to go for a three and a half on it. I like it the same as you. I don't disagree with anything there. It just, it's not grabbing me the same way, but I, but I yep. can appreciate where you're at. I think I'm just trying to grab some joy in my life and I feel happy right now. So I was, I was bouncing between three, five and four and I'm like, ah, I'm giving you a four because hey buddy, we're having fun. So that's, that's what I'm thinking about the beer right now. Another day, my preferences might change, but I'm enjoying quite a little bit right now. All right. And you know what else I really enjoy, Rick? What's that, Jeff? I really enjoy Kids Perspective. And that's where you talk to your daughter, Carrie, about the book that we just covered. So Rick and Carrie, take it away. Hello, Carrie. Hello, Daddy. How are you today? Good, and you? Pretty good, pretty good. I am glad to be here to talk to you about another Fantastic Four comic book. Are you are you loving these Fantastic Four comics? Um, yeah, they're pretty good. This one's a little bit easier, right? Yeah, d- honestly. <laughs> Last one we had read, yeah, 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 yeah. This one was more about who? Who was this one about? I think it was more about the thing and yeah, mostly just mostly him, yeah. Yeah. What happened to the thing in this one? So he took the formula the kids made for him that makes him turn human one week every year, and he became human, and he and the human torch went around doing things that normal people do, I guess. (laughs) And what was different about that this time? Because normally when the thing goes out and does things, 
What happens? Everybody, like, stares and probably, like, moves away a bit. Like, you don't want to go on the bad side, so. And he looks like a monster, right? Yeah. And now that Ben is walking around, nobody looks at him, right? Yeah. I think he was maybe a little too tired of being looked at. Kind of, like, feared of. Yeah. He just wants to be a normal guy. Kind of. What was the coolest thing that they did that you wouldn't mind doing? <laughs> I don't really know. They did a bunch of things together. What was one of the cool things that you would like to do? Beat people off if they were mean to me, but I guess I could just do that anyways. <laughs> That's okay. You like the interaction with the Yancey Street Gang. Okay. All right. Okay. You want to get a big fight with people because they're making fun of you. Yeah, but I do think I noticed something. What? It says that they were having early dinner with old friends. Is that Stan Lee in the picture? or That is Stan Lee, and the other guy is Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby was one of the early creator. Well, he helped create the Fantastic Four. He was an early artist that did a whole lot of the art in the early days of Marvel Comics. So they're having dinner with Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Because of course they are. Yeah, well, they're old friends. Yeah. <laughs> old friends that basically created them. Yeah, you know, Marvel Comics is like that. Mm -hmm. While they were doing those things, what was Sue doing? Where did Sue go? She went to Utopia. That was where the mutants are right now. And who did she meet there besides the X-Men? Besides Cyclops and Emma Frost? She met that Namor and mm -hmm. the others. Yeah, she met Prince Prince Namor. Do you know who Prince Namor is? Not really. Okay, actually, no. <laughs> he is the king of Atlantis. He is part Atlantean and part human, which means he's got some of the best of both worlds. Uh, he can breathe on land. He can breathe underwater. He's very, very strong. He's very, very invincible. And you don't mess with Namor. Okay. Cool. And you will see him in the next Black Panther movie. He will be in the next Black Panther movie. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. You'll start to get to understand him a bit more now. So Atlanteans can't breathe under or um, above water? A, a lot of them can't. Oh, okay. I Because uh, if you said, like, no, they can't breathe above water, I was going to ask why there was Atlanteans able to breathe. Some can, some can't. So... So, yeah, you don't know too much about that. We're going to be dealing with a lot of the underwater politics. There's a lot of that that's going to be coming up. Is there any other questions that you have in this book about what was going on or what happened in this book at all? Not really. Oh, is there anything you really enjoyed in the book? I did enjoy watching this thing actually have fun now. That was kind of fun and cute. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else you wanted to talk about? At the very beginning, I found it kind of funny that Moloids, I liked how they were like the food for champions, the cereal, <laughs> the Ben. They are very literal when they talk, aren't they? Okay. Yeah. Thank you very much for reading this comic and talking about it with us. I really appreciate it. I love you very much. I love you too. Huh, really, Carrie, what would be your ideal day then if not for going out to drink beer with your friends and hang out with old comic book creators? Shout out time! We like to recognize those listeners that take the time to write in or leave us a review, and this is for episode number 117, where we covered Fantastic Four, 574, Days of Future Franklin, Charles Gears, Clinton Robeson and his podcast Fan Film Fridays and Coffee and Comics, Craig McNichols, Colin Stapleton, and the worst comic podcast ever, Doug Jones, Hoover Jeremiah and his podcast Four Million Years Later. 
Jeremy Daw, who says, A blind spot in my reading. I've never warmed to Hickman as a reader. Maybe Rick and Jeff present a good case to retry reading. Limax 7. Max reads comics and his Weird War podcast. Metaphor. Life. Susan Frick. Tim Price. The Podcrasher and his podcast, The Outcasters. Our good friend from down below, Waffles and his podcast, Waffles and Mates Talk About Things. Wayne Burroughs. We also like to thank those fantastic people that give us money so that we can keep doing what we're doing now. And those are the people that support us on Patreon. Specifically, adorably astonishing and amazing Andrew Burns. Cheerfully cheeky and charming Char Logan. Challenging, cheesy, and chuckling Charles Gears. Destructive and devastatingly delightful Damian Witter. Dynamically dangerous and devious Doug Jones. Exciting, energetic, and entertaining Edward Ferrochi. Intelligent, interesting, and innovative Isaac Perry. Jesting, joking, and jovial Jeff Pollier. Just jealous and jeweled Jeremy Daw. Muscly, mighty, and meticulous Matthew Birdsey. Mythical and magnificently monologuing Matthew Laserwitz. Rudely rhyming and running Rustin Fritcher. Steely, salty, and steamy Sailor Bear Zodar. Sad and sickeningly silly Shag Matthews. Strange and stirringly steady Stephen Gray. Tyrannically terrifying and tame... Tim Price. Technically terrific and triumphant Toddy Knock. Way, way wordy and wobbly waffles. Also wonderful. Weird and wonderfully wacky. Wind. Next issue, we are going to be covering Fantastic Four number 585. Be sure to check out the other show that I do, Monthly Monday Movie Muckabout on the Long Box Crusade Podcast Network. And we have some merchandise available on Redbubble. Go to redbubble.com and search for Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Jeff and Mark present is a bi-weekly self-produced podcast recording in front of a live studio audience of a handful of coasters in Portland, Oregon. If you would like to interact with us through the magic of the internet, you can do so through Twitter at Jeff and Merck Present, our Facebook page, Jeff and Merck Present, our email address, Jeff and Merck Present, all one word at gmail.com, or at our website, Jeff and Merck Present.wordpress.com. Also, our YouTube channel is at Jeff and Rick Present. And if you would like to help to support our show, we are on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com, Jeff and Rick Present, all one word. We are also a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative, and we will be donating 10% of our Patreon donations to this great cause. We encourage everyone to give what they can to this worthwhile organization that helps the creators who provide us with such great content. Go to HeroInitiative.org to find out more. Please rate and review us wherever you can. Tell your friends about us or share your love for us on social media. And as Always, we want to thank the powerful people in our packs. My wife, Cindy, and our daughter, Carrie. My fiance, Hillary, and our daughter, Aurora. We, we love, love you. you. Until next time. Costumes off. Our theme music is 80s Action by Kevin McLeod. Also featured in this episode is Dark Universe by Frank Schroeder. All music is found in Incompetech.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Grim Ben has had better days. Try I that mean, one more time. Okay. Be good, or I am going. Be good, or I'm in. With pants, we cannot emphasize. With pants, we cannot emphasize this enough. He has pants on, but those unstable molecules mean he is. Yeah, you went off script there. Yeah. At this moment, if X three cause. Causality. Three causality. C-A-S-U-A-L-T. Causality. Maybe Rick and Jeff present a...
Maybe Jeff and Rick. Pre- 